This is Team Time, your weekly Q&A session to building better teams and leadership practices. This series of episodes is part of the Better Teams podcast, hosted by me, Vincent, and Max. Thank you for being here with us. Have a good listening. Hey, hi, Max. Hey, Vincent. Hi, everyone. This week, I would like to talk with you about the challenges of leading your team through a crisis. Of course, we went through the COVID-19 crisis, which hit everyone, every organization at different levels. Nobody was prepared, really. Um, I don't think we're through yet. No, yeah, no, I don't think either. <laughs> I mean, it might last a long time, but uh, the majority of people, they're slowly but surely coming back to work. So we don't have any magical recipe, by the way, so we can't tell what's going to happen soon, unfortunately. We don't have one-size-fits-all solution, but I would rather like to discuss today with you, Max, the do's and don'ts of the different steps in approaching, in handling uh, a crisis. And I think the core problem of any crisis to me, of any rupture, is that it leads to a lot of rapid changes to a lot of uncertainties and therefore it puts any manager in front of a paradox which I find interesting at least for a moment as a manager you find yourself not being fully able to manage anymore you have a hard time accomplishing what is precisely expecting from you so this episode would be a success for me if we can help managers listening to us today to mitigate this feeling and my first question to you max would be what are your thoughts on that paradox i started with that a crisis is at least for a moment suppressing the manager's ability to be a manager and to manage well i mean the, the first thing is that um, i think it's great you know it's <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting start it's great yeah i mean i think as with any change right you know establishing a sense of urgency is the first thing right and in this case we have it for free right you know managing people for the sake of managing you know it's just nonsense and i think you know we are stuck in this kind of old way of looking at things i mean if you've been listening to our podcast before and here i'm talking to the audience because i know you did yeah you know the role of the manager is to remove impediments and be a servant leader to the team i don't think the crisis suppressed the ability to manage i think it's just it simply created a new type of impediments to remove you know and anxiety of the team is just one of them making a better a plan for communication, making sure that you're there for the team, setting new objectives, these kind of things are new tasks, right? You know, yeah. but your main role is really to remove impediments. And in itself, the COVID-19 and, and this crisis is an impediment in the way of your team's success. So no, I think it's, you know, I mean, of course, the, the, the COVID-19 is a tragedy, right? I mean, I'm not saying this is great. You know, this is absolutely a tragedy. There's no, no question about it. But when it comes to the role of the manager and the fact that the manager may find himself or herself in a position when they cannot traditionally manage, anymore this is great so it's a way to look at it on the on the bright side i, I like that huh? it's more uh, hopeful when a crisis hits and your teammates assume that you will have all the answers you will have a plan i mean you're the manager right what do you do to handle your leadership position what would be good behaviors to adopt for you your teams and other potential stakeholders I think that the first thing is to stay authentic. If your management style, you know, if your normal style is to be participative, you know, inviting people in, in discussions, then you should really stick to this approach, you know. It's not because there's a crisis and that people are in panic that all of a sudden you have to become a dictator, right? And you should stick to your authentic style. And the first thing is that just invite the team for a session, you know, define a new team charter, for instance, you know. How do we approach communication? How do we approach, um, I don't know, the follow-up on project? How do we approach this or that? How, how often do we see each other? How do we, 
you know, define your rules together, you know, because that, that's the most important thing, you know, don't change your style because it's a crisis. For me, that's the very first thing. The second thing is really to make sure that everyone understands the problem we are trying to solve, because deep down, you know, this is something we are trying to solve, right? This situation. Maybe we cannot control it. Maybe we didn't cause it. I mean, for sure we didn't cause it, but still we have to solve that for ourselves, right? So you need to make sure that uh, you have a plan which is well understood because, you know, having a plan well understood about a misunderstood problem is totally useless, right? So you need to make sure we all understand what the problem is and that you need to come up with a plan together. So yeah, the first thing is don't panic, you know, stay fact-based, you know, define the problem together, map the impact, whether it's on customers, whether it's on communication of the team, whether it's on the product and come up with a plan to counter that together with the team. After that, you can secure the resource to make it happen and that way you will get a full buy-in. And once you have clarity on what you're trying to solve mm. and once you have the buy-in from the team, then, then you will get the commitment. And you, what you will see is that ultimately with commitment, the team will already feel a better sense of peace. You know, rather than trying to hang on to an outdated objective, you know, something which was set before the crisis. Yeah. This is what's burning people out, you know, trying to stick to that goal. You know, OK, now we're in this situation. We are at home. We are with the kids in some, you know, in some cases. Uh, we are all working from our houses and everything. And now we are trying to stick to that goal that we had before. You know, yeah. that's just not possible. Right. And I think a lot of people are just burning out because they're trying to stick to that. No, you have to readapt this goal. But you, first you need to frame what the problem is. You said a lot of things here, a lot of interesting things. One of them would be that for you, one of the way or maybe the main way to mitigate this feeling of like not being able to manage anymore or not being able to be a leader is actually to really make sure you work with the team. So you don't bring all the answers first, but you don't have to have all the answers actually, but you would just um, mainly come to them and have this working session, workshop, or at least discussion to really phrase and frame the problem. Well, yeah, because, you know, if the team expects from you to know everything, I mean, it means something went wrong, you know. It means you create kind of a habit, you know, in the team and in your management style, you know, which make them expect that. So you don't want that. You know, you cannot be an expert at everything. Your only expertise should be to remove impediment and to help people grow. Did you have to deal with that before? Did you have to organize these kind of meetings when you have a, I mean, maybe not a crisis, but at least some, at least something unexpected and you have to gather your teams and you expect that the answer will be in the team? Well, I've been exposed to a lot of change management. I mean, that's part of my... Uh resume so to speak yeah i mean obviously dealing with a situation you know but usually it's responding to a market change you know market change or product change or problem with the product things like this but i mean it just never happens that you come as a manager and say hey i have the solution this is what we're going to implement no you need to set certain direction a certain goal that you are trying to achieve this is what you should do you know as a leader this is what you should do but telling them how to make it happen that's very counterintuitive you should set the direction you should set the goal but how to get there is something that you build together with the team the most important thing is that you know as a manager you you define the goal you know where where you want to go right mm. as the leader you know you need to define that you know where where do you want to go and especially you need to also explain why you know why we are going there but telling the team how to do it i mean of course you can suggest of course you know if your background is also similar to the, the one of the team which often happens you know in uh, technical roles for instance mm. of course you can take part of that discussion in that brainstorm but imposing the how to the team you know when you have you know knowledge workers people who are really there to to work on specific solution or have a specific expertise telling them the what the why the how and the when i mean like it's not driving anybody
Many people have this vision of the leader who must make all the decisions, being strong, never compromising, going just faster and faster and trying to have like a high-performing team delivering that vision and goals. What do you think about that, especially in the, in the context of a crisis where, from what I hear from you, it's better to have some, um, it would be better to have some self-distance or doubt and include the team. Well, it's not because you include the team that you that you doubt, you know. You include the team because you want to make sure you're all looking at the same problem. So having setting the goal, okay, where are we trying to go, you know, whether, whether with the product or with the company, you know, explaining where you are planning to go, you know, where do you want to go and why you do, want to, do you want to go there, you know. Bring that clarity to the team. And then when you discuss how to get there together with the team, What will emerge is also what is needed to get there. It can be skills, it can be resources, you know, investments or whatever. And this will get you the buy-in to get there, you know. Mm. But just, you know, coming with one um, already planned idea of how to get there, I don't think it's going to get you the team with you. And I know that there is a lot of discussions out there. You can read all kind of information. What is a manager? What is a leader? The leader is taking part of the work. To me, it's it's both, you know. You need to get in, in there together with the team, in the trenches. It doesn't mean that you tell them how to do it. Sometimes this is not even your expertise. Mm. But you support them by removing impediments which are in the way for them to succeed. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, this, this, this whole manager discussion, you know, I'm, I'm a bit tired of it. From what I read, you know, and, and I see on videos and everything, I mean, yeah, it's not a manager, it's a leader thing. I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is, you know. I think at the end it really comes down to servant leadership, you know, to be there, you know. And it doesn't mean that uh, you shouldn't show any vulnerability. That's also a dangerous thing, you know, when you hear that, you know. Because if you, you know, you're such a strong leader, everybody's at home being, um, you know, panicked and anxious and the only face they see from you every day in those stand-up meetings is someone who's not panicking at all, who's like straight, who's fine. And you think that you're helping them by doing that. No, because they will keep comparing themselves to you and they will be like, okay, what's wrong with me? Yeah. No, it's okay to say, guys, I mean, this is a situation that we haven't seen that before uh, that clearly uh, put all of our previous goals in, um, yeah, potentially in jeopardy or make them irrelevant. So let's define a new goal to get out of this together. Yeah. This is really, it's difficult for everyone. It's also, you know, not an easy one for me. But I'm convinced that uh, as a team, we're going to come out stronger of this, you know. Yeah. So you can give a message of uh, a reassuring message. You can show this kind of empathy. You can show the right dose of leadership without pretending to be a rock, you know, or heartless yeah. or, or whatever. I mean, I think that's and that's what you see a lot. And uh, I think that's very dangerous. Yeah. I think that's really dangerous because people will burn themselves out, you know, just trying to, to match your behavior. It doesn't make any sense. It's also interesting because, I mean, in what you said, being present doesn't necessarily mean being a rock. It can be present in many ways. You know, just just listen to people, you know, have a discussion with them. What's what's keeping them up at night? You don't need to talk about, you know, all the personal things. You know, people decide to open up as much as they want, you know, but, uh, you know, you need to to be there for them to understand that, okay, things are under control. It doesn't mean that uh, this person controls everything, so I shouldn't worry. No, it's not that, you know, because if you empower people to take part of that control as well, they will emerge on top of it, you know. Yeah. But, you know, of course, on TV, yeah, the leader decides everything, you know, and everything is he's such a charismatic leader because it's often a he, you know, mm. unfortunately. Yeah. So he's such a charismatic person, so we're fine, you know. He's there and uh, everything will be okay, you know. And that doesn't make sense because you don't empower people, you know. I think in this COVID situation, I mean, the part which is related to work is only one of the variables. What's related to kids, to, to school, maybe to your future, maybe to, you know, people are really worried about that, you know. There is the, the whole 
health factor as well. So if you take away the responsibility in one of those areas, being the work, you know, when you say, okay, don't worry, I'll take care of everything. Everything will be okay because I'm such a good leader. You don't really train them to deal with the other part of their lives, which are affected by this situation. You're not doing them a favor, right? Yeah. You are listening to the Better Teams podcast. Thank you. I hope you enjoy it. Did you know that my co-host Max is very active on YouTube? He produces weekly videos to share practical content for first-time leaders directly from his extensive experience. If you like to discuss management and leadership topics, you should definitely check it out. Go to Max Castera on YouTube after this episode, of course. But for now, let's go back to our conversation. So it's very important to build, I think, this ability to think together, to really be resilient and to adapt. One of the things you said, and I really liked it, is that when you have a crisis, people expect things to change. So sometimes it's the whole purpose of your company that is kind of irrelevant. And that's really hard to, I think, to swallow, especially when you are the leader holding the whole project on your shoulders. Well, absolutely. I mean, but you can also associate that with, you know, what, what happens now with, uh, with governments, right? I mean, everywhere in the world, you know, everybody is looking for guidance in their government. Okay, how are we going to get out of this crisis? But I mean, yeah. the government doesn't have all the answers. So the government says, okay, as of now, you can get out and you can meet five people. Everything is okay. You don't need to wear a mask. If it, I don't know, but I'm just... Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it goes wrong again. There's a second wave. We're going to look back at government and say, oh, I bet you told us it was okay. Yeah. And the thing is that, you know, government also doesn't know. I mean, it's, it's also new for all the governments. Yeah. So, you know, we're always looking for answers and certitude. And sometimes also it, that uh, prevents us from taking responsibility. You know, for me, if government tells me, okay, tomorrow you can get out and meet uh, 30 people and everything. But I feel that my belief is that maybe I should be more careful and uh, reduce the number of people I meet with or keep the distance, wear a mask, things like that. I mean, that's my responsibility, right? So, you know, if something yeah. happens or at least I feel responsible, I feel I can have an impact. I think it's very dangerous when you, you completely outsource the responsibility to someone or to the government or anybody because then you're not accountable at all, right? You yeah. know, if something goes wrong and you feel, okay, it's not my fault, I'm a victim. And that's very dangerous. When these things happen also at work, you're not doing a favor to your team when you when you take on too much on yourself, right? I think in that case, the manager or the leader, or whatever you want to call her or, or him, you know, she should give those tools to the team, right? To come up with solutions together so that, you know, when we come out of it, we come out stronger and we all participated to that, you know. Yeah. We shouldn't be giving medals to heroes and things like that, except, you know, the, the health workers. Of course, that's something else, right? But out of this crisis, you know, if you come out, you know, on top as a company and uh, what people learn is that, okay, this manager really led us through the crisis, you know, it's fantastic and everything. I think it's only half victory, you know. Yeah. I think if you come out on top as a team and you're stronger as a team and everybody contributed to reaching that new goal that you set in that new environment, the business and the team and the individuals will benefit so much more. Yeah, that's an important point. So we said many things, maybe you partly answered my uh, my next question, but still we'll see where we can go with that. But have you identified counterproductive behaviors uh, that are common in this context, but not really efficient from leaders or managers uh, in dealing with the crisis? Well, yeah, I mean, we talked about, you know, the, the leader, of course, was trying to, to make all the decisions, you know, I mean, maybe uh, with good intentions, but uh, unfortunately, that's a dangerous thing, you know, so that we already talked about it. Trying to stick to an outdated goal is the worst, I think because that's really how you're going to burn out your team. 
yeah. trying to make them stick to an old goal, but in a new context, you know, uh, a more uh, constraining context, right? That, that's bizarre, you know, because people will not feel empowered to make it happen because although they have full clarity on this outdated goal, their buying is not the same anymore. So they cannot commit to it the same way. So how are they going to commit to it? By working more, longer hours, you know, with more anxiety. And this is really, really dangerous. So mm. this is really something to be careful as a leader. And I would say the third one is... Um, Letting yourself be consumed by internal management initiatives. I see that in a lot of companies, right? You know, you're trying to deal with that situation. So there's all kind of task force being created left and right. You know, a lot of the managers are being pulled into those task force on how to prepare for maybe going back to work, maybe this new market, this new scenario, this new whatever. And this is very important, right? Because you're trying to survive this as a company. But all of these things are distracting you from the time you spend with your team. Mm. You, know, you really have to find the right balance and even I would say be transparent about it and discuss with your team. Maybe trying to delegate some of the things that uh, the team is ready to take on so that you can spend time on those initiatives. But you should really be transparent about it and explain to the team, guys, ladies, I'm busy with this. This is critical for the company. I need to get involved. It's critical for the team as well, which means I will not have time to follow up on this kind of things, for instance. Yeah. How about we talk about how far we can delegate this? Is this something that you can take on completely? Is it something that uh, you can do while keeping me informed or consulted? I mean, you know, the, the seven levels of, of delegations. Yeah. I think this could become actually a very positive exercise if you do it right. Your last point really resonates uh, to me because, I mean, I've seen many people creating task force teams, as you said, and I mean, it became a full-time job, right? Just, uh, I mean, I'm not saying the crisis was a small crisis because it was not, obviously, but then you stopped everything you were doing uh, to just focus on what to expect and what kind of future to build. And uh, it struck me. It gets really bad when it becomes, like you say, a full-time job because some people will also look at this kind of task force only for the sake of visibility in a kind of complicated environment, right? You know, yeah. hanging on to this kind of roles, you know, within a crisis, you know, will sort of guarantee that you will keep your job, right? So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's also a terrible thing. You know, you see that happening in, in a lot of companies. You get a lot of visibility because, you know, this is the task force which will get the company back on track. And then, you know, you completely forget about, you know, your other responsibilities, right you know yeah. so no, it's terrible it's terrible i mean yeah. it, it can it, be. it's happening a lot it's happening a lot and i mean you could find tons of testimonials <laughs> on linkedin or something and especially because the environment is changing you know this is not over yeah. So, you know, now we're talking about, okay, we're getting back to work and this and that, but uh, a lot of very nice work being being written about, you know, uh, what the future will look like, you know, yeah. uh, but uh, it's not over yet. So spending a lot of time on trying to strategize what it's going to look like in five years. No, I mean, you need to create enough agility in the company, you know, so spend time on that, but don't spend full time on that. Otherwise, you know, you will never, you know, spring into action. Yeah. And your team is suffering. Your team is trying to meet that, that goal, you know, that outdated goal that, uh, which is totally irrelevant right now because you're busy preparing goals for two years from now in an environment you have no idea about. <laughs> yeah. 
So please don't, you know, just, just talk. Yeah, and, and you're still... And <laughs> Ask you're your team, how's it going? You know, do that. <laughs> yeah, and in that scenario, you're still not really involving any other people. So once you have your plan for two years or five in five years, then you have to build a communication plan to, or like a change management plan, mm -hmm. communicating the change. Chances are that when you start doing that, there is another crisis. So yeah, I mean, I understand for really big organizations, uh, but still it's not, for me, probably not the best way to build resilience uh, within your team and to prepare no, everybody no. for shifts. I would even add, you know, involving your team just to, you know, to draft the PowerPoints yeah, yeah, of yeah. your new vision, that's not a way to engage them, right? No. That's, that's not how you make them participate. I hope people will hear that message. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to talk to us, you can you can, you yes. can comment the podcast. Please, you can please. send us messages. We can be happy a, to can, discuss that. Yeah, absolutely. We can be a good support. Let's see what can be done uh, in the aftermath of a crisis, what we can help with. Because if we focus on the COVID-19 situation, I mean, we are now in June and I would like us to help team and managers which are getting back or about to get back to the office. Uh, so Max, what would be your first recommendations to managers and teams as they slowly try and do their best to emerge from this crisis? Well, like you said, I mean, we're in June. We don't know if it's over. Yeah. So I won't say, okay, organize a, a end of... Um, end of crisis retrospective because we don't know if it's the end but you yeah. can already organize a big retrospective you know so not as a closing but really something to see okay what have we done so far you know what worked we changed the way we work we changed the way we communicate we probably changed our goals yeah. unless we keep focusing on the old ones mm. so you know what do we keep what do we keep what do we forget uh, what do we leave behind what do we you know what do we enhance what do we increase I think it's really really important to talk about that because I mean it's been three months already right you said it huh? we're in June it's been three months so there's this confinement and yeah. this uh, deconfinement hybrid situation where some people are feeling still more comfortable being at home because they're worried about the situation because of you know uh, family situation all kind of reasons you know which makes it such that part of the team is maybe in the office part isn't yeah the part which is in the office you know has to deal with new conditions all of these you know are very good learning you know maybe what you found out is that actually you don't need those meetings i mean and if you've been watching the videos we put on youtube you know how much i you know yeah <laughs> how much i resent meetings so There's a lot of stuff that you can scrap, you know, which were really time consuming that you don't need. So just have a discussion with the team, you know, what worked, what didn't, what do we keep, what do we leave behind? This is very good stuff. Yeah. And this will help you. This will give you the right uh, tools, especially if this crisis, you know, keeps on going, you know, keeps yeah. on getting worse, you know, because your team will become more agile. And I'm not saying that agile in, uh, you know, <laughs> in the agile methodology uh, sense of the word, but more like, you know, adaptable, you know, to, to change. Oh, yeah, in that new situation, maybe we can try this and that, uh, this we should stop doing, you know. If they start to think that way, there will be some kind of, you know, I don't know, elasticity, can I say that, you know, built inside yeah. the culture. People yeah. will be more flexible. Organize that. It's easy, you know, do it online, you know, do it, you know, I don't know, physically, I don't know. There are plenty of tools out there to organize those retrospective. Actually, those are, those are the things we also uh, propose to, to, to our clients because sometimes you need an external facilitator. The whole episode four of the podcast mm -hmm. uh, is about that topic, how to facilitate great retrospective. Perspectives. Um, True. So, of course, we can help with that, but you can already listen to it and you will find good tips. Um, yeah, and we can help just, I mean, ask us questions. Huh? I yeah. Mean, uh, 
That's no problem. Uh, just ask us questions. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been doing it for so long, you know, organizing retrospective, especially as part of our Team Pitfalls workshop. So, yeah, uh, yeah we know what works and we know what, what doesn't work in organizing retrospective. So don't hesitate. Just drop us a line, you know, and we'll be happy to answer. That's actually another question I have. Now you mentioned the Team Pitfalls workshop. I'm really wondering what teams are going to look like. I mean, not in the future, but at least now, these days, in the next few weeks. Uh, because I hear from a lot of people that feeling that they feel good at home, basically, and they don't really want to go back to the office that often. I mean, they realized they could do their job on their own. Um, for let some them, of them, yeah. Yeah. let them. If that works better for them. If it works better for them yeah. and the, out the output is, you know, the same or better, I mean, just let them. Yeah. I mean, it's a more complex topic, right? I mean, yeah. I understand that. Huh? Mm. But um, have the discussion. Yeah. This works for you. Okay, maybe, maybe you prefer to work two days a week. You know, at home, this mm. works well for you. You're more focused in those at those moments. Okay, great. You know, yeah. And for you, it's more one day. You you really want to be there all the time. You want to be in the office. Okay, fair enough. Have that conversation. I think we discussed many things. I don't know if you want to add something to that topic. I mean, I hope again that we helped today mitigating that feeling that you feel lost and you don't know how to lead your team in difficult times. Well, maybe the last thing I would like to say is that um, this is a great opportunity for managers, leaders, you know, to up their game. Yeah. You need to show up. You need to be present for your team. This will really increase the bond you have with the team and they will remember. People who are going to stay in companies for the next 10 years are those who have been, you know, pleased with uh, the way the company treated them during this crisis. Yeah. And a lot of people will start leaving, you know, in the next, uh, you know, six months if the market stabilizes, because a lot of people will stay in companies right now because they are worried about the market, mm. not because they feel engaged in that company if they were like poorly treated during this crisis. Yeah, that's true. And let's say that again one more time. Being present doesn't mean having all the answers and being a rock. It mostly means being stimulating. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you, Max. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this Team Time episode of the Better Teams podcast. One last word from me to invite you to go to the YouTube channel simply called Better Teams with Max and Vince. Go check out our videos. There is additional original content there. And remember to subscribe. It's very important. That way you can help our content to reach and help more people. Thanks a lot. I'll be seeing you on YouTube then and in the next episode.